Hello, everyone. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Thursday, June the 8th, 2023. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. With all the forest fire smoke that's made air quality horrible to breathe this week in much of eastern Canada and even down into New York State, we've heard that schools have been keeping kids inside for recess and keeping the classroom windows closed because it's so smoky. It's the latest challenge that Canadian students have had to confront on top of nearly three years of their learning being impacted by COVID with extended lockdowns and schools pivoting to online learning and social distancing. Now, much has already been written about how it's all been affecting students. There have been lots of reports about anxiety and issues with interacting with people in social settings. But as the school year winds down to its last couple of weeks, we've decided to focus on how one group of middle schoolers in the Jewish day school system in Toronto is learning a skill that doesn't need much technology, but instead forces them to practice critical thinking, teamwork, and something Jews are known for, which is debating. We take you inside the annual Jewish Day School Debate Tournament for grades 6 to 8. Teams came from five locations, Nativot HaTorah, Bialik's two campuses, Associated, and Heschel. It's the ninth annual tournament, but this is the first one they've been able to do in person since the pandemic started. Debate organizers invited the CJN Daily along to spend the day, and our producer, Zachary Kaufman, brought his microphone. And he's prepared this special report. They say the first step to winning is believing in yourself. So when I first overheard these two students from Associated Hebrew Day School, their chances seemed, well, up for debate. So she's Chaya Felig, and I'm Daniel Rotenberg. And what were you guys saying? Do you think you're going to win, or how are you um, feeling? We are, we are like, as, with the most rookie as it gets. Like, we're, I feel like we're pretty good at this sort of thing, but we have very little experience. I don't think we're going to get beaten terribly. We're definitely the least <laughs> professional of all of the Everyone teams. else seems very, like, stoic and, like, uh-huh. knows what they're doing, and it's, it's very... It's intimidating. It is definitely intimidating. Chaya's tall, with a beaming smile, and to me, looks like she could already be in high school. Her partner Daniel stands about two heads shorter than her, but talks twice as fast. Chaya has to hold him back from airing the Associated Debate Team's dirty laundry. Like, most of our debate practices have just devolved into, like, jokes and us laughing a lot. So uh-huh. we have we don't really have oh, the experience. Wow. This, is, this is some good inside info. Daniel, I guess so. We're ruining our reputation. I'm sorry, but like you are a journalist, right? You're yeah, looking for the truth. Those, gotta... Be quiet. <laughs> the day started off with all the teams claiming a space in a big multi-purpose room with kippahs on heads and lunch pails in hands. The students made up a sort of Olympic village of Jewish day schools. Modern Orthodox, conservative, non-affiliated, middle school Yiddishists, and Gemara scholars alike. Since the days of the House of Hillel and the House of Shammai, Jews of different schools have met to debate the major questions of the day. I'm in the middle of learning the Dafyomi, so every day I study a page of Talmud, and I'm in the middle of my seven-year cycle, and it's constant questions and arguing, um, and often with no resolution. That's the voice of Ellie Savage, the lead organizer of the tournament, and teacher at Nativot HaTorah Day School. I did do a debate when I was at McGill University doing my BA, and they had international tournaments in Ireland, and it was just this electric atmosphere. And I thought as a teacher, I really didn't see anything in the middle school level uh, that replicated this, and I wanted to replicate it. So I found a group of other teachers and sort of from the grassroots 
we built it. We, we sort of adapted it to the middle school and brought it to the schools. And now we've been running it for nine years. We took a break during COVID and this was our first year back. So we were really happy to do it. He says debate is the polar opposite of the experience students had during the pandemic and that it could be the exact right medicine for what he sees in his classrooms every day. We're still in the recovery phase. Certainly as a drama teacher, I notice it. There is a tremendous amount of anxiety or inability or lack of experience with making eye contact and being able to collaborate and think on your feet and to argue persuasively and not rely on technology when you're trying to be persuasive. So debate now takes on even a greater importance. After meeting them in the hallway, I tag along with Chaya and Daniel to their first debate of the day. The judge, named Gail, starts off the session. Okay, and everybody familiar with the rules? Remember, when you debate, you give your opinions. As Gail goes over the rules, I think about how far the word debate has come over the past couple years. Fully grown adults yelling over each other on a news panel, the deep awfulness of the way people argue in internet comment sections, and how different it is to watch a young person exploring and figuring out what the debates of the future could sound like. Then Chaya asks Gail to clarify a point. It says that we aren't allowed to use statistics. I don't understand what that means. Like, can we just not, like, say a certain number? Like, for example, like, 82% of people this. Like, are we not allowed to say that? Right. you're not. And I'll tell you the reason. You know, something very popular, a very popular saying these days is called fake news. And so they want to make sure that nobody creates a statistic because we don't have time to actually fact check and see if that's correct. So instead of saying 82%, you can say, you know, there's a lot of people or a lot or something like that. But you can't give a number um, because then we wouldn't be able to fact check it. The way the debates work is like this. The students don't find out what they'll be debating until they arrive at their rooms. Once they get there, the judge presents a resolution. One team is designated as the government, who must argue in favor of the resolution. The other, called the opposition, must argue against. Regardless of whatever convictions they come in with, each team has to make the best argument they can for their position. Being middle schoolers, you might think that the resolutions they would have to argue would be pretty simple. Well, here's the judge. Be it resolved that students from K-8 to should be entitled to mental health days. And I'll repeat that. Be it resolved that students from K to 8 should be entitled to mental health days. Ryan and Daniel, the team from Bialik, were first up to make their arguments in support of the resolution. Even dressed in baggy t-shirts and sweatpants, I've never seen middle school boys be so formal. From school, we get lots of built-up stress for homework, tests, quizzes, and a mental health day can really help. Worst mental health can lead to bad grades. With worst grades, you won't have the same university opportunities, high school opportunities, because if your grades weren't good enough, you just won't be accepted into them. This can leave lifelong effects because without a good university degree, you also won't be able to get as good as a job as other people, and therefore you might end up with less money and just have a worse life because you weren't able to take any days off. Then it was the associated team's turn. Here's Daniel. We, the opposition, think that this is definitely not the case. For one, the system for it could be easily abused, letting students manipulate teachers, and it can incentivize bad behavior and lying 
acting out and taking crucial mental health resources away from people who actually need it. Next, if students really need mental health that desperately, maybe the root issue should be resolved rather than just giving them days off to leave. After hearing the other side's arguments, both teams have a final opportunity in front of the judge to rebut their opponents. No new arguments are allowed at this point. They can only address the points the other team have made. I sat with the associated team in the five minutes they had to plan their rebuttal and listened as they tried to wrestle with the issues in real time. A lot of their argument, which it's like the slippery slope fallacy. So basically the argument that not having a mental health day in kindergarten or like grade one or two will lead to a bad life as an adult, like steeped in depression. And like, well, if you have depression, I mean, that's depression. Yeah, like, it's not because you didn't have a mental health day in exactly. grade two. <laughs> well, we, we don't want to misrepresent their argument. But their argument was dumb. Yeah, well, okay, we can't say that. <laughs> Lack of mental health days at a young age aren't going to ruin someone's life. Like, the chances that each of, that every single one of those things actually happens, it's too unlikely. Well, not necessarily. Well, it's very unlikely. You can't but just, if like... if you have a mental illness, then you have a mental illness. Yeah, but, like, that's what we learned about. It's a slippery slope fallacy. <laughs> Who do you actually agree with? Like, what do you actually think? I think that students definitely need... There's definitely a gray area. And what there my opinion lies somewhere in between. Yeah. Like, they give both sides, like, an argument a bit too extreme, where, like, everyone would probably agree that the right. real answer is somewhere in the middle. The rebuttal's finished, and Gail named Daniel and Chaya winners of the first debate. After that, I was off to a second round. In another room, another judge, named Jen, reads out the resolution. Be it resolved, artificial intelligence does more harm than good. I'll repeat it again. Be it resolved, artificial intelligence does more harm than good. Okay? You have ten minutes. Time starts now. One of you can go in the hall. Each team has 10 minutes to draw up their arguments. Amiel and Daniel, from Nativota Torah, are taking the government position, so they have to argue in favor. I can tell they're already trying to incorporate the lessons of their first debate into their game plan for this one. How are you guys feeling? How was your first debate? Good. Yeah? Do you win? Um, we tied, but maybe if someone <clears throat> looked at someone more, they would have won. You didn't look at the judge? I, I was. I was. <laughs> On the other side are Harrison and Morrison. They're from Heschel. And while they plan, I go back and forth between the two teams, sometimes asking the same questions to both. So AI can teach stuff faster. Yeah. AI can also help us by learning patterns. Mm -hmm. AI can take oh, over a little job. Yeah. A no, but that's bad. Oh, yeah. Because, oh. <laughs> yeah. Don't have that. Don't have that. These softwares. That, that's a word, right? Softwares. Yeah, softwares. Yeah. Softwares. That's a word. Who, who do you think is the easier case to make? Them. Them? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, so, we definitely have a challenge. Who do you think is the easier case to make? You or them? Definitely the opposition. Yeah. There, there. Easier case. Yeah. It's like upstairs when we were before. Yeah. We had the worst side. Despite both sides thinking the other team had the easier position, they each put up some good arguments. Hello, Madam Speaker. Some AI can be used for cheating or doing some bad stuff. Let's say I have a deadline to write a whole essay. 
and I've only gone two sentences down and I have so much more to go and it's due tomorrow and just use chat GPT and I cheated and that doesn't really help you. What's the point of school then? Also, Grammarly, everyone knows Grammarly, right? You make a mistake, Grammarly there instantly fixes it, right? But it, it's not so good because how are we meant to learn to write? Thank you, Madam Speaker. We would now like to take this opportunity to challenge and rebut the government. Firstly, the government tells us that ChatGPT and Grammarly help us cheat in school. However, we do not agree. In most instances, these softwares help us comprehend various texts and understand our errors. Our case states that AI does more good than harm. So although this can cause a little harm, we still believe that it causes more good. Secondly, the government tells us that movies depict AI taking over the world. However, movies are a distortion of reality, and we should not blindly follow what they say. Humans were here long before AI, and I believe it is strange to suddenly believe that we could be conquered by something that we created. This round went to the team from Heschel. After a semi-final round, it was time for the last match of the day the one that would determine the winner of the entire tournament. Ellie Savage gave some opening remarks. It is not easy to make the finals at a debate tournament that a lot of you have figured out. And even if you haven't made it this year, there are future years. This is a building block, a stepping stone, an experience for you to build from and not to feel bad at all about um, not succeeding in making it to these tables. Just the fact that you're here and you got up and you didn't quit is a testament to your courage and your strength and your commitment. So let's give each other all a round of applause. Two teams made it to the finals. One was from Bialik, and the other was the self-proclaimed most rookie, least professional team at the competition. Chaya and Daniel from Associated. What are you guys, how are you guys feeling? Are you I'm, feeling I'm, nervous? I don't even okay. like feel real right now. I, yeah, I don't believe that this actually happened. Like like, then it was time for the last resolution of the day. Be it resolved. Who's the uh, government? You guys? That in elementary and middle school, grades should be abolished. You guys will speak for it. You guys, opposition, will speak against it. Elaine will start the timer. To begin, the opposition tells us that grades can be a good source of motivation. However, we do not agree. We believe that it is a bad source of motivation because it can make kids feel devastated when they don't reach expectations. I know this because usually on my rubrics, there's columns like meeting expectations, very good, and not doing so well. And usually when kids don't get to the meeting expectation column, they don't feel like they deserve to be in that class or that they're as good as the rest of their class. Hello, Madam Speaker. Firstly, grades still can be an excellent motivator. For many, trying to compete with peers encourages healthy competition. For whom it does not encourage, who aren't motivated by grades or who do not like competition, like myself, I still definitely benefit from knowing what I've done right or wrong on a test, as stressful as they may be. They're a good alternative, to, and schools that have smaller grades or alternative methods that abolish them typically will need much more time to invest to prioritize trying to give personalized feedback. The cold grades, as ruthless as some may consider them to be, are still pretty motivating, especially to the boys in my class who are hitting puberty. Secondly, students may not be very happy with them, but grades can be vital information for teachers and parents. The judges huddled to make their final tallies. 
Um, relatively well. I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> She's gonna throw up. I'm gonna make sure that she throws up onto the other table. Finally, it looks like the judges have come to a decision. The, uh, the winner for this uh, finals is the team over here. The judge points to the table with Chaya and Daniel, the team I bumped into at the very beginning of the day, and the room explodes with cheers. I caught up with Ellie, the organizer, again, after the competition finished. I mean, it always shocks me that um, they are their best selves when they debate. You know, the intelligence and the, uh, the, uh, the eloquence that comes out of them, really, I think the measure of school is how much they can go out into their life and apply it. It's not like, okay, you're just going to use this in math class tomorrow. No, you're going to use it in life. And that was CJN Daily producer Zachary Kaufman's special report for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Special thanks to teachers Emma Sillag and Ellie Savage for the invitation to the debating tournament. We'll be back Monday with a look inside the brand new Toronto Holocaust Museum, which opens this Friday. And later in the week, why the most Jewish area of Montreal got cheeky with the Quebec government's new language laws. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend.